1: Hello and welcome back to Bundesliga for Beginners. Last weekend of the season this week, so a lot to fit in. Um, As always, I'm Jamie Smith. I'll be hosting along with Kev, who's from the EPL Roundtable, the same channel that we're on. Jim and John are with us as well to talk about all the action from the last weekend. Most of the drama down at the bottom of the league, it looked going into the last weekend that it would be Werder Bremen joining Paderborn in the second tier, but that's not what happened. Um... Unbelievable scenes, really. Werder Bremen, 6-1 winners against Köln, and um, that meant that Fortuna went down instead after losing away to Union Berlin. So that means Werder will go into the relegation Playoff. Um, John, I don't think anyone saw this coming, did they? It seemed like it was a done deal that it was going to be Fortuna going into that spot. And within half an hour, with Werder 3-0 up, everything was changed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's easy to forget that Werder Bremen were on the... I
1: think they were even in Europe
0: this season, weren't they? So they, they're a, a club that as soon as last season had um, their manager, Florian Kohfeldt, being being lauded by people as a great tactician, well-respected uh, amongst those sort of young laptop coaches like Julian Nagelsmann or Domenico Tedesco, players, um, managers like that. So um, with that in mind, you know, I, I was always under the sneaking suspicion that they might... Just about pull it out. And um, I think I even said on this podcast at one point, it's well, I said it was going to be between one of Werder and and Dusseldorf Um, uh, in terms of the the results that they picked up. It was just a race to the to the end. And they've they've just about managed to do it. But yeah, an absolutely resounding result uh, this weekend, which will stand them in good stead, I think, for the playoff games.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about the playoffs um, a bit later in the show because that was very dramatic on Sunday as well. Um, Jim, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you remember, we were talking about Fortuna against Dortmund when they got done by that Erling Haaland header right at the end. And we thought that might be a bit of a psychological blow. It looks like that's what's happened for them.
2: Yeah, they um, have shown very, very little since that. I suppose, I mean, they did get a couple of... um, Draws they drew with Leipzig, and they and um and also Augsburg um last week. But it, it just it, I think it showed just what that point would have meant um if they'd managed to hold on. Like they've been okay, I think, since the resumption, but obviously they were in such a hole to begin with that they really needed to start turning draws into wins. And to be fair to Werder Bremen, that's what they've done. They haven't like drawn a lot of games since they came back, and obviously the the resounding win, as you said, 6 1. Um, on the final day of the season, has is, is kept them in minute, and you know historically, I guess the Bundesliga teams have a good have a good record, right, against the Bundesliga two teams. So they should be fairly confident. I guess you don't you don't want to count your t- chickens too soon, but if they can put anything close to that kind of performance in, um, then I think they they should be fine, especially over two legs.
1: Yeah, um, recent history does strongly favour Bundesliga teams in that playoff. Eight of the last eleven I was reading today have been won by the Bundesliga team. Um, Like I said, we'll come on to that a bit more later. Um, Kev, I suppose it's probably good for the Bundesliga that Werder have got a good chance of staying up. One of the bigger teams around. Won the title not that long ago, 2004, I think it was. So, um, like John says, team that's been in and around Europe recently, whereas Fortuna Dusseldorf, probably not going to be missed by too many people.
3: Yeah, as you guys have said, it it is a shame after that Dortmund match that uh, Fortuna do have to go down. But as John said, yeah, they were in Europe pretty recently, if not this season. Also, everyone's always known the difference between them and Wolfsburg. So yeah, really, really big club um, there. Uh, But yeah, I mean, a lot more recognizable players, of course, uh, former Everton legend uh, Davy Kloss in there in midfield. Um, But yeah, you'd imagine that the Bundesliga will be better for having the stronger side up. E- even though it's that close, and we've mentioned on previous shows, that the table doesn't tend to lie, just in terms of stature there. Yeah, you'd, you'd imagine that things will be better with Werder Bremen up, and maybe now that they've established their safety this year, they can kind of uh, kick on next year. But it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Bundesliga shakes out next year with... Uh, me paying attention to it from the beginning because we've gotten like this like <laughs> short snippet of the drama towards the end of the season without really knowing the context, uh, much as John has tried to answer my uh, insane questions throughout the course of these shows. <laughs> but yeah, I think it'll be really fun watching to see if some of these clubs that have struggled that have typically been bigger, like Schalke, like Werder Bremen, are able to, to perform closer to their name uh, would suggest. Or if it'll be something like the Premier League, where fairly regularly clubs with massive histories have have gone down to the Championship, like Newcastle or Villa, of late.
1: Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see further bounce back. Like John says, their coach was very highly regarded a couple of years ago, one of the young coaches in the Bundesliga, along with like some Nagelsmann, Marco Rosa this season. Considering that sort of company, but obviously they've struggled this year. So, it'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back. Um, in terms of our eyes, I suppose we were more focused on the top of the table on Saturday when all this all this stuff was going down. The what now? Um, I don't I don't know what you are talking <laughs> about. <laughs> exactly. Um, we previewed these games on the show last week, and I think we were all in agreement that it seemed like Gladbach were just about going to pit Leverkusen to the post. And Jim, your boy's got the job done with a, a reasonably comfortable home win.
2: Yeah, it's um, it helped that. Gladbach scored early because I think it kind of alleviated any nerves. Um, obviously, at 1-0, knowing that um, Bayer Leverkusen were winning as well, it was it was never really a done deal until quite close to the end. But, yeah, um, Hoffman and Mbolo, again, so we, Gladbach had been without... Um, player and to ram for a little while now um, which has kind of stretched the attacking options i guess uh, but hoffman got on the score sheet last week and did so again this week uh, and then returned the favor for mbolo in the second half and he got a goal which kind of made things a little bit more easy breathing uh watching it from a gladback angle um did can see the goal at the end, so it was a little bit like um, nerve-wracking towards the end, just in case there was, there was a last gasp equaliser, which would have put Leverkusen into that final Champions League spot, but yeah, I mean We've uh, we've talked in the past about my Leicester um, affiliation in the Premier League. I'm not sure if they're going to make the Champions League at this rate, but at least I might have one team out of the two in the the Champions League next season, which is good. Although I guess watching Gladbach will go in at quite an early stage in terms of the qualifying and stuff, so there'll be an opportunity to watch them through those rounds um, and hopefully they, sure they get works, through. Actually,
1: um, yeah, that's a John, good shout. You know I'm the, not sure, but is it the same as the Premier League, John? Now in the the fourth place, goes straight into the group surge?
0: I'm not sure with Germany because it was as recent as a couple of seasons ago, where there was st- still a playoff um, that they had to go through to get to uh, the full Champions League. Um, if you remember Julian Nagelsmann's um, Hoffenheim lost to Jürgen Klopp's Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Right, um, yeah, I but I don't that. know whether or not that's changed s- since then. Um, I think it. I think it may have done because presumably the Premier League had a playoff place as well back then. Um, yeah. if Liverpool were playing in it as well. So
1: um the feeling uh, it is. I think all the big leagues now have automatic yeah. passage. I think uh, you're right. Good.
2: That's, I'll be happy with that because, like you say... Going into that fourth place, um, if you do get a random assignment, and you know, it can be quite tricky sometimes because you can get the second place team from a decent league, um, which can be a tricky assignment, especially early on in the season. It's a bit of like a it's almost like an extended preseason, isn't it, where you play in July or early August before the league campaigns kicked off. And that can be a little bit tricky to get past. Um, and what would so, that look yeah. like now,
3: since it's already well, July, basically? Yeah,
2: I mean, exactly. No. Everything's <laughs> up in the air, But yeah, if, at least if you can count on your place in the group stage, then it kind of gives you a chance to plan accordingly, and you don't have to start your pre-season pretty much as soon as you finished your previous uh, league campaign. Although, obviously, in the Bundesliga's case, they'll have a nice extended break, I should imagine now, given that they finished a whole lot earlier than the vast majority of teams um, that are in Europe and that haven't curtailed their leagues. Uh, like Lagoon, so yeah, it's uh, maybe the Bundesliga teams are, are primed for a really decent run next year at Europe. Obviously, Bayern are still in it this year, but I think given that extended rest, they might be they might be going into it with a, a decent chance because they'll probably be the only league that are well rested going into the Champions League in terms of the turnaround time.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether the Bundesliga is then first to start the next season as well. You'd assume it will be, but I don't know if UEFA or whoever will want people to start. On the same sort of schedule. I don't know how that's going to work out. Obviously, there's European competitions to get done first. Anyway, Um, as far as the rest of the teams in the top four went, Bayern ended with 4 nil win, I think it was. There's one little bit of information from that. Thomas Muller did break the Bundesliga assist record. 21, I think he got to. And warranting got how much we've talked season. about him. <laughs> well, exactly. So we don't <laughs> have to talk about him this week, which is good. Um, Leipzig finished third after beating my Ausberg boys 2-1. Timo Werner became the record scorer in Leipzig's long and proud history of, what is it, five years or whatever. (laughs) Um, So he's gone out on a high before heading off to Chelsea. Of course, he's not going to play in the the Champions League for Leipzig, which is an interesting call. And Borussia Dortmund got battered 4-0 on the last day. Not really sure what happened in that one. Um, But your boys Kev needed a favour from um, Hertha, was it? Yep. that we were playing, and that never likely to happen. So it rendered the win over Mines a little bit irrelevant in the groundscaping things.
3: Sure did. So in the last show, we were talking about how Leverkusen just dropped points to Hertha and how we needed them to show up two weeks in a row, and uh, they kind of didn't. Although Jim said they, they did make things nice and nervy there towards the end, but uh, they would have had to win-win um, based on goal difference for, for Leverkusen to have gone through. Um, which obviously did not happen. As for the actual match, Kevin Voland uh, scored an actual real-life human goal, uh, which was uh, really nicely set up and finished uh, in the first half. A few more chances throughout the rest of the match, but not much more. Um, No shots after the 75th minute, I want to say. It just... It was it was the win that you needed, but as you say, didn't get the help elsewhere. Didn't get the wins against Schalke or Hertha that they needed to be able to walk through the end of the season, holding on to that Champions League spot. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty disappointing on the whole. Uh, did ask Jim if he could just not. He I think I laid the responsibility at his feet individually, and he said he might crumble. <laughs> Um, you vastly <laughs> overestimate my ability to influence Gladbach in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. I didn't
2: even know if they had a playoff to get into the Champions League, mate, so you don't <laughs> want to be asking me for any favours about that kind of qualification.
3: Fair. Um, but yeah, so as you say, no no favours there. It raises a whole host of questions about what's next for Leverkusen for some of the young star players, most namely, obviously, Kai Havertz. Um, kind of loosely reminds me of the kind of handshake agreement that Bale and Tottenham had, uh, in his last season that if we made Champions League, he would stay to fight in it. And if we didn't, he'd basically just pack his golf bags for Madrid. Uh, and then that's obviously what he did kind of getting a similar vibe here. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't imagine it'd be too easy to, to hold on to him with, with no Champions League football to look forward to. Uh, but yeah, we'll just kind of see where all that goes. As John mentioned, it is, um, based on how much money has been spent, uh, Probably should have been able to make it, so whether or not any heads get chopped because of that, because of that uh, failure to, to qualify for the Champions League obviously remains to be seen. Still still some stuff left um, with the Europa League and obviously the DFB Pokal final, but yeah, pretty, pretty disappointing. Not an incredible performance by any stretch, but good enough to get the win, but set ourselves up in a position where a win wasn't enough.
1: Yeah, so a couple of stats actually. Volland, who we seem to complain about almost as much as Niederlechner for Agsberg, double <laughs> figures three years in a row, which is pretty yep. good. And Leverkusen ended with five more points than last season, but ended yeah. in a place lower in the table.
3: Yeah, so that so. came up a lot in, in the post match commentary was uh they they just kept harping on the last year finish with fifty-eight, this year finished with sixty-three um to emphasize that the team's gotten better even if it didn't equal a champions league place uh, uh here's a random question john i assume it's motion gladbach that that jumped up that wasn't previously in it
0: yeah i think that it's been there. it's been quite interesting actually looking at the the teams that have gone up because both rb leipzig and um, gladbach are the sort of smart teams so the, the 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 teams who haven't spent maybe quite as much um money per salary and um yeah uh, it's 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 interesting to see that they've leapfrogged Leverkusen in, in Gladbach's case they're the the 7th team when it comes to um salary wage salary so um yeah it's it, it's interesting seeing the the way that they've um that they've bro- broken their way in so um i think we it's something that we're um <clears throat> it's something that we're um looking at um particularly i think in in terms of um, with COVID-19 that it seems as though that a lot of the smart clubs are going to struggle to actually um, spend the sorts of money that they're used to being able to spend. So it it may be the case that actually in the next a couple of years if we do see a global recession teams like uh, leipzig and and gladbach might lose a little bit of their edge when we've seen yeah. teams like chelsea just being happy to spend um, a huge amount of of money just because they are owned by an oligarch i think it, that will change the the outlook of what the top 4 is going to look like
1: yeah i was going to bring this up a, a bit later actually but since we're on gladbach i was reading this week that apparently they've already put in an offer of 25 million euros for the Ghent striker, Jonathan David, mm. um, who's one of the hottest properties in Europe right now. Um, Jim, I don't know if that's like planning ahead for maybe player or Tehran being snapped up or cases case of supplementing that attack. It certainly seems like Godback still have some finances to, to rely on. I suppose being able to be back in the Champions League is a, a big help on that front. They'll be able to budget for that income as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it would be nice, I guess, if it was just squad um, bulking in terms of like the extra games and the, the quality needed. But you've got to think if, I mean, I I don't have any intimate knowledge of Gladbach's finances, but I can imagine if you're spending that kind of money, which isn't, you know, a drop in the ocean, then there might well be a suspicion that somebody else from the forward line will move on, whether it be Mbolo, Teram, player, um, one of the three, because I don't really see how you could keep everyone happy in that situation. Obviously, bolo has been starting um, the last couple of weeks, but that's more kind of enforced by injury. Um, he wasn't; he was being used more as a, a either a wide player or an impact sub. So um, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, f- from my point of view, obviously adapting Gladblack at a fairly late stage of the season, it, it would be great if that player and Taram combination stayed um, for another season, particularly given how well they worked together in the last few weeks of the season and how impressive they've been. Um, It would be really good to see them both playing on the same team. But then again, it's perfectly understandable that there may be several clubs in Europe that have got eyes on those those players as well, especially if German clubs, because of the the COVID-19 and the impact on the finances, perhaps it makes it more makes them more susceptible to the likes of Premier League clubs picking up the the players that they would normally have, have turned down offers for. It might well be that everyone's asking price takes a step down um if there's a there's a financial impact of that. So yeah, hopefully it, it stays everyone stays together as a unit because you don't want to see a team picked apart, especially when they're back on the top top table of Europe. But I suppose you can never really be sure, especially going into a a season, you know, fourth, you have got a chance that you're going to get picked off a little bit, which would be a massive shame. I guess it's a situation that RB Leipzig are kind of facing a little bit as well with with um with Timo Werner moving on. You know, they've got to find a replacement for his goals and hope that, you know, they don't they don't fall off that perch of of top four teams next season as well.
1: Yeah, Leipzig as well seems to be already moving in the market. I've seen that they were in for the Salzburg striker Wang. He I wonder how Wang. they found out about him. Yeah, um, obviously the scouting network has really caught Trump's there. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that one went through. Um, I suppose Gladbach being in the Champions League makes it more likely in a way that these players will give it maybe another year. And it's it's so up in the air what's going to happen with the transfer market. We're not sure when the window's going to close, if team's going to have more time. That might mean that players stick around for longer. Even the Premier League, traditionally the league where there's the most financial muscle that would be snapping up these players. I don't know if it's going to be teams spending that much money this summer. Maybe Chelsea, who have got, like you say, the oligarch owner and seemingly a limitless budget. Again, now the financial fair play seems to have been totally forgotten about. (laughs) But clubs like Arsenal don't seem to have any money. Liverpool have indicated they're not going to spend because how do you... How do you furlough all your staff and then go out and spend a lot of money on players? It seems like a bit of a strange dichotomy. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, um, Juventus. We... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we, we talk about habits all the time, Kev, but what's what's your feeling on that situation? You seemed a bit non-committal.
3: Ah, he goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my very unprofessional assumption. Um, he's just too prolific and good to be playing in the Europa League. I mean, I, I don't want to be denigrating like that. Obviously, a lot of really good players have played in the Europa League and have gone to teams that are in the Europa League, even if they previously have been at Champions League level clubs. But I think he was the player of the month last month. Um, he's just, his his star is is rising very, very quickly. I mean, I guess there's a chance that he wants to stay, especially if he's given the chance to start up front where he played so well um, since the restart And he thinks maybe he needs one year to to develop more before going to a place where he's guaranteed to to be a star at the next level. But yeah, I'm not uh, crossing anything in the hopes that he will stay for thinking that that will be a waste of energy.
1: Fair enough, let's move on to Freiburg then. (laughs) Um, Massive results to end the season. John 4-0 win, was it, at home? Mm could not really have a better result to go into the the off-season.
0: Yeah, I think it was just a real testament to the different seasons that Schalke and Freiburg have had, really. I think Freiburg knew that they where they were going to finish they 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 could maybe have been overtaken uh by by uh, i think it was maybe i can't remember who it was but they, they were pretty close to um uh, frankfurt i think it was could have overtaken them if they'd lost but that was about it and um they knew they weren't in europe so it was i think for them a chance to just go out and enjoy um uh, the, the season that they've had um and obviously for Schalke, it's potentially David Wagner's final game. Um, I didn't think Sch- Schalke played particularly badly. I just think the Freiburg were were just ruthlessly efficient and got everything done as they needed to. And um, uh, it was it was just nice to see um, the the Freiburg team sort of showing up for the last time, as it will look. Um, although having said that, they they did field um, an interesting um, team because they they dropped uh, Robin Koch, who's been uh, uh, interesting clubs around Europe and they did drop um, Alexander Schvolo as well, the goalkeeper who's likely to be off this summer as well. So this was just a sort of maybe early doors view of what the the lineup might look like next season. Um, um, although they did bring those other players on later on. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a really nice way to end the season. Really, really efficient finishing, um, lots of goals. And, um, yeah, it sort of, as I said, typifies the difference between Freiburg and uh, Schalke this season.
1: Yeah, Schalke couldn't really have had a worse um, post-coronavirus lockdown down end to the season could they I think they only got one point or something. They're absolutely abysmal. That might have been a against Iceberg actually. I'm not sure they got any other results. Um is it just those two lads that you mentioned that you're worried about moving on? Is there anyone else that could be snapped up?
0: I think that'll be it. Yeah, just those two. Um and that's the model that they that they adopt It's you know you pick up players cheap do what you can with them and um and hope that you you sort of uh, get a good return of investment of them um if robin cork does go somewhere like i've seen that spurs have have been interested in them Mm -hmm. and there's been that leeds united link for a while although i'm not entirely sure leeds would go for him but if they can sell to a premier league side they'll they'll certainly make a decent return of investment there. And as for Schwalow, there's a few clubs in in the Bundesliga who are quite interested in him. Um, I've heard Hertha Berlin, who now have a fair amount of money to spend compared to what they've done in the past, um, are quite interested in him. And I'm sure there'll be interest from elsewhere as well, because I I think um, Freiburg as a club you, you know they've got a good pedigree in that sort of in that sort of feeder sense and um there's there will be premier league teams also looking for for goalkeepers as well so it'll be interesting to see what happens with swallow as well
1: yeah so Freiburg finished eight just outside the europe league places uh just to wrap up our teams my Augsburg lads lost to leipzig um 2-1 on that one which meant they finished 15th just above the relegation player place however the big news today was that Augsburg won the virtual Bundesliga, Wait. which as we all know is the real quiz. So that's the one that counts. The actual <laughs> Bundesliga, no one's bothered about it. The virtual Bundesliga is where it at where it's at and Augsburg are the champions. Who do you think so, they'll target yeah.
3: for the e Champions League next year?
1: <laughs> uh I don't know. <laughs> but i'm I'm certainly going to be more supporting the virtual iceberg rather than the actual iceberg who are terrible and i hate them (laughs) so yeah let's let's leave iceberg there and not discuss them for a long long time was that Um, was that
3: your last match as an Augsburg air quotes fan
1: yeah i think it probably was. They're a difficult team to love, and I already have a team that I have to support that I don't really like a lot of the time. (laughs) So I don't think I need to add Eichberg to the Burnley pit of misery that I'm in every weekend, as it is. I think that's enough. Um, So I'm certainly going to be in the market for for a new Bundesliga team next season, I think. Um, Kev, one of the things we wanted to talk about this week was... uh, how Bundesliga clubs use their Twitter accounts. You noticed something about Leverkusen during the game.
3: Yeah, so I almost brought this up while we were talking about it. But So Leverkusen and a lot of German clubs, as we've talked before, I think on one show, uh, tend to have pretty um, lighthearted, jokey Twitter accounts. And some people take umbrage with that. Other people are largely fine with it. I'm sure younger fans find it very amusing to watch clubs banter back and forth, even though they're probably coming from different computers in the same room. Um, But... For the most part, I find it just to be lighthearted, not too meaningful. I find it weird when things like RB Leipzig sell uh, Werner to Chelsea and then make a joke tweet about how he's already good at scoring goals against Tottenham and then like shared a goal from the Champions League this year. That's a little weird. But for the most part, I find it pretty harmless and inoffensive. But I was really surprised that in the middle of a match that they were winning but weren't getting the result they needed um, in the Hertha match. gladbach match that they were doing joke tweets they were retweeting fans of hertha trying to encourage them to get a goal did the same thing for the actual uh hertha account um in the middle of it somebody said please win this match so that i can get a champions league diaby card and ultimate team next year like why why are you engaging with that in the middle of a match that decides whether or not you get champions league and then when you don't Tweet out things like in a passive-aggressive way about how you're going to still have a chance in the Pokal and in the Europa League. It just seemed like a really weird time to do stuff like that. And obviously in the Premier League, you won't get that much because of the fan blowback that you would get um if your club missed out on the champions league by two points because you didn't win either of your last two matches against teams that you should have beaten and now you want to make a joke about fifa just seems like a really really bad touch and like something that wouldn't happen in the premier league but i know we've talked about the social media accounts in the past but would you guys have been surprised with that like jim if all of a sudden gladbach had started losing that match and they had been like haha lols hope we don't blow champions league like wouldn't that have touched a weird tone don't care doesn't
2: matter like <laughs> just, just, just doesn't affect the players and bolo doesn't know that some 17-year-old interns tweeted about ultimate <laughs> team on the team twitter account like i appreciate it's not a good optic necessarily but that's the world we live in these days everyone wants to do things in a, a different way i guess and like get that voice and it does seem like the the bundesliga uh twitter accounts are maybe a bit more engaged and a bit more jovial than their premier league counterparts the um the gladback one was sharing pictures of the players having a beer on the pitch after the game and saying you know we've we've earned a drink because of the fact that they were obviously in the in the Champions League um after missing out by one place last season so yeah it, but ultimately i mean yeah it doesn't matter the people that it, the people that it affects have no impact on the actual game so <laughs> mm. I, I wouldn't be that bothered but again i appreciate i'm in the position of not seeing my team miss out and then make a joke about it so <laughs> i might feel differently if it was the, the other way around but well, yeah, you
3: mentioned it's, it's bad pass. optics but isn't the point of a pr team who i'm sure is in charge of the twitter uh optics
2: yeah, I mean, it it depends what you're going for, doesn't it? I mean, uh, you can imagine a lot of these social media guys, and like you say, some of them could. I don't know whether I'm guessing each team has a, a, a social media team rather than being run by one agency. But we've seen often that players, for example, will all tweet out exactly the same thing multiple times, which has just been provided by them, uh, provided to them by a marketing exec in a PR firm, and they just send them like you know copy and paste. Tweets. Um so yeah, I mean, tweet it, like, yeah, you tweet as something as like you tweet something like really under you know, fans were great, sorry we didn't get the result, we'll be back better next time. Fire emoji and then just log off. And muscle um, emoji. So, yeah, fire yeah, all that stuff. I, you, I think we maybe put a bit too much stock on it in the terms of like it's just noise, isn't it? Like who cares really? But I can appreciate it it irks people. But the the point is that I guess a lot of those teams will almost not try to be divisive, but try and be more engaging through a little bit of controversy, like retweeting other fans like that. Yeah, it's trying. Yeah, All, all they care about is that they've got a tweet that goes quote-unquote viral right like something that gets liked and retweeted by enough people to to grow their again in quotes brand to the point where they they get a bigger reach for the stuff you know that actually matters to them further down the line so it's a it's a weird world we live in but by hook or by crook you know they're, they're going to go after those yeah. um huge audiences and they don't have the the star power necessarily in the global marketing of like a Arsenal or Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, et etc., et cetera, where they're going to pick up fans naturally um, necessarily. So yeah, I guess they're just looking at it a slightly different way.
1: Yeah. I wonder if, um, obviously I don't speak German, so I don't know if it's the case or if they do this sort of banter on like the original club accounts in Germany, or if it's just in German, should I say, or if it's just something for, for the English accounts, obviously we've heard that it's, the same company that runs a lot of these accounts don't know how accurate that is um, i remember a couple of times actually when english club accounts have tried to do similar things and they've ended up having to apologize because english people apparently can't take a joke and we have the stereotype about german people not having any sense of irony or humor so uh, it's quite strange the way it works out i mean, kev raised this actually we were talking about it before before we started recording i was looking at some of the other teams and I went straight to Schalke because they just lose every week. So I thought I'd have a look at what they were doing. Um, and they tweeted about six times during the match. They <laughs> lost 4-0. Um, one was just a sad face with 2-0 as a half-time score. They tweeted, "Waldschmidt 1-0. 2-0 to the hosts. Then the second half, they just tweeted, Wow, Waldschmidt again. And then full-time, 4-0. <laughs> that was much more like an English Twitter account. Um, whoever think- runs that isn't paid by the tweet are they they're just getting a flat <laughs> fee no matter
2: what they tweet <laughs> yeah, exactly I'd have just not continually really. tweeted the gif of like the little teddy thing and the fire and just like holding his cup like this is fine Yeah, like, just yeah exactly. that over and over again that, I think that just sums up their season to be fair doesn't it yeah. but yeah Help us it's uh, not
1: chasing numbers nothing definitely- that's ever annoyed me with um, club social media I support Burnley and I think they still do it. They've got a habit when the other team scores of still tweeting goal in capital letters as if it's something to celebrate. Um, so it doesn't matter who scores, it gets the same reaction from Burnley's official Twitter. and Fans have complained about this for years. Um, I appreciate it's a small thing and I'm sure people listening who support clubs that have things much worse are like, this is the only thing that annoys you about your team. But yes, I am that petty. I hate it and I wish it would stop. <laughs> Somebody
2: needs a social media style guide where it's like, if opposition score, do this. If yeah, we exactly. score, get out the caps lock. If not, don't do it. <laughs> exactly.
1: uh, it's very annoying. Um, John, can you shed any light on on this club Twitter thing? Like, Why is it that Bundesliga clubs seem to have this unique sort of voice?
0: I think it goes back to the fact that there's there's a sort of paranoia amongst the Bundesliga that it's not as poss- as popular as some of the other big clubs, um, and so a lot of those uh, English accounts are run by people in America who I think they see as being potential at a potential audience, um, and so I, I I suspect that maybe American. Sports team accounts are a little bit more jokey than than perhaps English ones, uh, but I think it goes back to that. But for, for me, it's kind of easy because Freiburg, everything they do is so sort of cool that they just don't <laughs> they just don't engage with anything like that. So um, I've I've not had to have my head in my hands being like, what on earth are you thinking? Hmm. But I do, I do I, personally I don't like it. I think it's just sort of it's just a bit gimmicky. Uh, it's a bit um, it's a bit cringe cheap. I mean, so yeah, it's cringe. a bit cheap. I think. But I I suspect that it it all boils down to any publicity is good publicity, and if you can get people engaging with with your account, even if you're annoying people, I think the the thinking is that the people who like it are the people who aren't already watching it, and the people who don't like it are going to watch it anyway. So um, that sort of logic sort of governs the whole thing.
2: This is the thing with Twitter, though, isn't it? Like now that you get replies from people you follow two accounts that you don't follow it's almost like engage at all costs because then you just see the original tweet anyway so it's like like john says it all publicity is good publicity in that sense that all you need to do is get people replying to something even if it's just telling the person posting it that they're a moron like a lot of their followers <laughs> will then see that and then yeah. that increases the reach and the engagement
1: yeah it's kind of interesting because i think some of the really big clubs like when i was uh a proper football writer, and I had to like look at club Twitter accounts all the time for the news and stuff. Your Barcelona's and your Real Madrid's, their Twitter presence is really dry. They don't really try and engage, they don't try and do banter because they've got enough pulling power that they don't really need to do that. People are probably going to follow those clubs anyway. They're famous enough. Um, so it seems like some of the Bundesliga clubs are maybe trying to make a name for themselves through Twitter, right? But the, the example I always think of is Roma, who probably got the best club twitter in european football if that's like an award um theirs is incredibly good very very engaging they come up with clever videos got their own campaigns, so they came up with this campaign about um missing children in that part of italy that was very good um so i think a lot of clubs are sort of trying to copy your romers of the world um kev so to wrap up the discussion what would you rather see from a club sweater kind of sort of thing.
3: In in the situation that was currently happening, uh probably well, yeah, silence. All, all that
1: overall. <laughs> just nothing. Just pretend it's not happening.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or just talk about your match and don't don't dip into the Heartha fan base to, to discuss what's happening uh outside of it. Um, yeah, like I said, I in on the whole, I think it's largely fine. I, I think I'm I'm more on John's side of not loving it, but if it's what keeps people engaged or if it is trying to get people in from outside audiences, which obviously, uh, well, <laughs> I was going to say worked on us, but that's absolutely not why we started following the Bundesliga. But um, yeah, I, I just think it's it's a bit gimmicky, I guess, as John was saying. And maybe I'm just fine with it in certain circumstances and not others. And maybe that's the issue is maybe they're just going to be like this all of the time. And so the, the times when it's kind of funny or, or genuinely funny... You just have to put that in one column to offset the ones like this, where it's like, why would you do that? Um, But yeah, Yeah. maybe pick your battles a little bit more there, German, English language Twitter accounts.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's difficult for me to have a strong opinion on it because, again, like Burnley is quite dry. They don't really go in for this kind of stuff. Um, presumably because they don't employ a Swiss person because that would cost money <laughs> but to move on <laughs> to the next part of the show the last thing we're going to talk about is the relegation playoff that we touched on at the start of the show this will be like the end of the season um so john can you just give us a quick overview of how it works um this playoff situation obviously not all leagues work in this way so it's quite different for a lot of people
0: Mm. yeah so as as we'll know from the podcast so far there's the the third from bottom team in the Bundesliga is is in a relegation playoff um and it plays against the team that finishes third from top in the Bundesliga to the Zweiter Bundesliga. Um, which, um, yeah, is this time around is going to be Heidenheim. There was quite an exciting game, as you mentioned it, um, today where Heidenheim got beaten by Armenia B- Bielefeld, who are going to be up next season in the Bundesliga, along with uh, VfB Stuttgart. Um, if Heidenheim had won, they would have been guaranteed uh, the third-place spot. They got hammered in in that game by Armenia, which meant that Hamburger um, SV had... Um, the the chance to to actually steal their space in in the th- third place where they ended up getting hammered uh i can't remember what it was in there. Was it 5-1 <laughs> something 5-1 uh, yeah, yeah there's a flurry of goals at the end um which really did for them but yeah so there will be what there will be is the there will be two legs between Heidenheim and uh, Werder Bremen and um they will be taking place on either side of the Pokal so i think it's on the 2nd and 6th of July and the Pokal's on the 4th um and it's like a it's like a playoff game in the championship apart from um the the semi-final format is being used in the final so it's two legs um, and I'm, I can never remember whether or not the away goals um, count, but I don't think they do. Uh, but don't quote me on that. But I, I find these games exceptionally fun, um, just because you know it's a, it's a, just a really unique game in in um, top top level football that you have a, a playoff like this. Um, and last season, Union Berlin won, um, so they were a bit of an outlier insofar as the the teams that. That come up from the zweite Bundesliga usually lose as we've mentioned already. But uh, Werder Stuttgart lost last season to uh, Union in the in the in the playoffs. In fact, uh, away goals do seem to count. I think because um, it was uh, yeah they 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 won on away goals. So um, they, there's that clarification. So yeah, it will be I think a really fun fun game between Werder Bremen and um, and Heidenheim. Um, and yeah, I think that you've got to consider Bremen the favourites. Um, but it will be a fun game, I think. Either way,
1: yeah. Obviously, in England, we're used to the, the playoff format being teams from the same league fighting for a guaranteed promotion place. But I think in France, they have something similar. I want to say that they have a relegation promotion playoff in France as well. So Germany's not out there on their own. Um, the question, I suppose, does it not mean that in in the second tier, does it not end up being a load of teams in midfield? in the middle of the table that just have nothing to play for for the last few weeks. It, you think of a league, like the championship in England, where now there's a handful of games to go and there's still probably eight teams trying to get into that last playoff place. So Bundesliga wouldn't have that sort of excitement.
0: Yeah. I'm just looking at the table now. So the, there was, so Heidenheim finished with 55 points and Hamburg finished with 54. And then you've got Darmstadt on 52. Um, and, Stuttgart were there and thereabouts as well um, going in. They had 58 points. So, yeah, there's probably about four points, four, four teams playing for it. But, yeah, I, I guess the the gap between the top and the bottom um, opens out a little bit more. I th- I think you still have the same sort of excitement in terms of deciding who will be in that place. But, but obviously you have those same sort of um, battles in the in the championship where there the, is a fight over the top two and then the fight over the next four um so I think there's just maybe there's maybe a bit of a depth um, thing there but uh, uh, just from my own experiences as being a championship fan you, at the moment in the championship you sort of look at the table and there's probably like three of the teams who are going to go up in the playoffs are already settled now um sure. so you still have that that sort of final um, um, playoff place in the in the actual, uh, championship playoffs I think so it's it, it sort of roughly works out similar it's just that you don't have two or three teams above who are pretty much settled in in the position where they're going depending on whether or not they're going to finish in the top two as well but um, yeah I, I think that that's um, that just means that there's a bigger gap maybe between the teams that have got something to play with or play for sorry at the end of the season
1: sure um, just to go back to Hamburg I watched the end of this game actually to see if they could get back into it and the Apart, they were obviously trying to chase the game, similar to Fortuna on Saturday. Fortuna was sending the goalkeeper up for set pieces with like 15 minutes to go. They were so desperate, it was a sort of similar situation with Hamburg. Um, and just to link it back to the discussion we were just having about club Twitter accounts after the game, Hamburg's English account tweeted, If you can't beat Sandhausen at home. Then you don't deserve to play in the promotion playoff. Congratulations to Heidenheim. Hmm. We can't put our disappointment into words. That's a real talk from the person tweeting off their mobile phone, slagging off all the players. I, I really enjoyed that. That's really good, um, Jim. I think Leicester have had some experience of the playoffs in England recently, haven't we? I mean, yeah, I we've been terrible. When. So thanks for bringing that up.
2: <laughs> I, I honestly got that remember. incredible
0: final, wasn't there? No, where new new went game. from one end to the others. So. Yeah, the, oh, that was had in a this, good one. This, yeah. Well,
2: oh, yeah, after. yeah. You forgot now, the do you remember it that main one, Do you remember <laughs> that game? Yeah, I do. I, I, cry, I cried actual tears after that game. <laughs> <laughs> actual tears. And you just brought it right back. Um, it but was... then in a
0: couple of seasons, you've won the we, Premier we did League and cried different tears then. So that's good.
2: But yeah, so we've Leicester haven't been particularly good at playoffs recently um in the kind of modern era we did go up um many many years ago when I was first starting to to get into football um in the 90s but yeah recently we lost in uh the first like the well the semi-finals against Watford Um, and as John says there was the incredible end-to-end thing where um Leicester missed a penalty that would have put us through had the scores stayed like that and we scored and then Troy Deeney um scored for Watford up the other end to pretty much put her a nail in the coffin. So yeah, it's it's quite the ride the playoffs. Um it's it, I still think they're amazing in terms of like the excitement that they generate at the end of every season. I don't think you can beat especially like the semi-finals and stuff sometimes the finals can yeah. be a little bit dry because there's yeah, really, there's so, there's so much great, yeah. yeah there's so much on the line like, you know, th- they get touted as the 100 million plus game every year, which is, you know, it just the, the cost just well the money on the line spirals out of control. But we've seen some absolute amazing two-legged playoff games um in the championship and league one particularly um and i mean even the, the league two playoffs that have been going on recently in england like this this last week you know were pretty good they were they were certainly more watchable even with no crowd again than than some of the premier league action um so i think the this st- the amount on the line actually adds to it particularly over two legs um and it, you know i think the perfect procedure is to not have away goals count um, because who doesn't want extra time and penalties when there's a a place on the line? But yeah, you yeah, can't have everything.
1: Yeah, I'd take
2: I'd take a, a championship playoff a lot of the time over a Premier League game um, towards the end of the season where there's not a lot to play for.
1: Yeah, definitely one of the the best days I've had as a football fan was Burnley getting promoted at Wembley by winning the playoff final that do you can really put into words what it feels like to see your team win a game of that sort of importance. It's just um, that it,
2: I think it, it just culminates in that one moment. Like you, Obviously, promotion over a season is like a, you know, it's a nine, ten month effort, right? Plus whatever's gone before that in terms of preparation. Whereas it's just, it's that one moment that epitomises. Yeah, it's like the cup it, final, isn't it? It's, it's like it's, you have to turn it up like on the day. Final. It's like a cup final, except it makes you way more money and could potentially set your club up for the next however many years if you're smart about it, which is, you know, it's absolutely huge for clubs these days. Um, So, yeah, I don't think you can beat it at all. It's brilliant.
1: Yeah. um, Kevin, America, American sports and playoffs are absolutely wild because they they have like half the teams getting the playoffs. (laughs) So, (laughs) like, the idea of a a one-off, two-legged game for who goes up and who stays down must come across a bit. Odd to you <laughs> because you get so many chances there's even a second leg um
2: exactly yeah, yeah americans don't believe in relegation either do they so no. <laughs> yeah, what's
1: what's relegation
3: yeah yeah relegation is just being a browns fan typically um but uh yeah in, in all of the american sports you, you have much higher um percentages of teams making the playoffs um i think the nfl for a while was just 12 but i think that's increased and now they're talking about increasing it again so uh yeah it definitely keeps the interest um, from more fan bases way longer. Like we were just saying, the, the Bundesliga 2 came down to just about four teams. But obviously, this is the very late stages of the season if you kind of mapped a 16-game NFL season against um, <clears throat> a German uh, football one. But yeah, it, it is definitely different. I, I like the the bracket style. Obviously, in the States, in, in collegiate sports, you have uh, in football, you have the championship playoff uh, now, and in basketball, which is the one that everybody—well, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to assume for everyone—but uh, college basketball has March Madness, which is a 64-team bracket. Um, so I, I do like that part of the of, for example, the championship playoffs. Um, is that you know uh, how many teams are four that do the four, yeah yeah so uh, that end up like going seven, through...
1: eight, and then final.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely like that part, and uh, it's all two legs except the final one, right? So, yeah, it's interesting that it kind of changes format midway through. But I, I always find playoffs really exciting. And if anything, despite those like small differences, I think it's a, a more comfortable viewing experience for me where uh, each match matters in and of itself rather than as part of like a, a massively accumulated points tally. Um, obviously, comfortable with both now, but I, I really do enjoy the playoffs for that aspect of the like win or go home mentality yeah
2: it's the jeopardy and it's also the variance as well because you can get a team like huddersfield tennessee titans for example i was going to use the american uh, yeah, yeah. kind of analogy but they can sneak into the playoffs with a much more inferior record than a lot of the teams they're going to go up against and you could win three games and be in the super bowl um which is kind of it's the textbook american dream thing right like the underdog story and like mm. the jeopardy that you add into that which i think is is really interesting um as a recent convert to american football um or the nfl it just as, as you tend to call it i guess but it, it's it's really really exciting and they do such a good job of of um promoting it that i can see why it works Um the thing that it could be bettered by, I guess, is like the equivalent used to be the old UEFA Cup, you know, and it was just like a winning, you, uh, winning you through kind of situation rather than a elongated double group stage round robin. Like then we drop a load more teams in. Like that used to be brilliant when you used to get the UEFA Cup games where it was just like right winning you through. Um, but again, that doesn't really stack up with TV money because they don't want all the big teams to go out straight away because then no one watches the games between the
1: smaller teams. Yeah, this is it, isn't it? I mean, I suppose in America, it just means more teams are are involved. It keeps the interest going throughout the postseason. Obviously, in the NBA, they have like seven games for a playoff match. It just blows my mind.
3: Yeah, same as baseball, Baseball. Well, baseball goes from five to seven. It's five in the first couple of rounds, but yeah. It drives me crazy.
0: There's a special game now at the beginning, isn't there, where you can sometimes... yeah oh oh the yeah of, the, the wild one, card yeah. play-in
3: game yeah 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 exactly really really burned my pirates there who are one of the biggest proponents of adding it so they'd have a better chance of getting into the playoffs <laughs> and then the first three years of the thing we would have gotten into the regular playoffs and in two of them we lost in the play-in game so kev uh, i've
2: got i've got to say this right yeah. are you a supporter of every single spurs version <laughs> that exists in sports because You've picked a Bundesliga team that have missed the, play- uh, missed the Champions League. <laughs> the playoffs, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. You seem to have a baseball team that do exactly the same <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. after advocating for a way that was going to be a bit easier for them to get in. And obviously your beloved Tottenham are... Spursy, so. yes,
3: who also pushed for the removal of the away goals in the Carabao Cup, and then the very next year would have gotten through against Chelsea and instead went to penalties and missed them all. Yeah,
2: it Excellent. happens a lot to it me. But I... to be campaigning on Twitter to not have you support them. Really, shouldn't they? <laughs> There seems to be a correlation between the way that this goes.
3: Yeah, the English language Tottenham account is going to start taking some swipes at me. <laughs>
1: um I suppose Matt, just to bring you back to the Bundesliga, which the podcast is. Oh meant to yeah, get about, right. rather than. All the teams that care (laughs) support from various sports. I wonder if there could be like a hybrid system where there's a playoff to get into the playoff. Would that be a bit much just to get more teams involved? It just seems odd to me that it's only the third-place team then gets a shot at it. I'm just so used to English football, um, knowing that you can finish sixth or seventh. I think Burnley got promoted from finishing seventh from the third division, maybe once. I don't know if that would be workable, John, or has it ever been discussed? Is this just how it's been in the Bundesliga for a long time and how it's always going to be?
0: I think there's a lot of frustrations with um, the the current system amongst German fans. I don't know whether or not it's simply because the grass is always greener when it comes to these sorts of things, but the, the feeling is in this sort of instance has been, you know, Werder Bremen deserve to go down. They've been so bad. Uh, it just seems unfair that you know Heidenheim are going to miss out their chance of being in the Bundesliga just because they're going to come up against Werder and and probably lose in the, in the in those two legs. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of go both ways, and I quite like it because I I, I get the best of both worlds. Right, I I support a championship side, and yeah, despite course. the fact that Leeds have never never won a playoff final uh, in in both Championship and League One, um, I, I still do love the the, the playoff system, and it, it does give a really like you say it does give a really uh, interesting angle to the end of the of the season there. But I think this does too, and we've seen we've seen that the the notion of a sort of playoff. For a relegation side is quite fun as well where you know a team can they can get out of the relegation zone proper but then they're still in in with a chance of going down and I quite like that as well so maybe I'm just being selfish on this but I quite like it.
1: Maybe well, Touchwood. Maybe Leeds will get a chance to be in the playoffs this season. I'd certainly like to see that. Oh <laughs> Let's not go down that route, please. Um, I think we should leave it there before things get too ugly on the <laughs> podcast. Um, Kev, you know what I want to say. You're going to offend the listeners this time, or try and get off with them. <laughs> what's the, what's Maybe the I'm supposed to time? find
3: the the middle ground this week. Um, <laughs> listeners exist, and I. Am appreciative of that fact. If you would like to be one of those people, you can subscribe. Which you already
1: are because you're hearing this.
3: Oh, correct. So, kind of preaching to the choir here. Um. But what lovely singing voices you have. I can't not make it weird. What is wrong with me? But anyway, uh, you can go to Spotify or iTunes and subscribe or follow it. Either of them also via ACAST who pushes this sh- very show out as well as the rest of the EPL roundtable shows which are at EPL roundtable and at Championship Pod. if you want to hear more things like uh, how Leeds' win against Fulham probably means that they're going up which John might resent me more for saying than Jamie saying they might fall to the playoff because uh, of jinxing stuff. But anyway, yes. Uh, I, Acast, iTunes, Spotify Go follow us on all of them I promise to not insult you Or come on to you for the rest of this episode
1: <laughs> Beautifully done um, You can also get us on Twitter as well At Bundesliga Pod. If you don't follow us already Please consider doing so um, We'll have another podcast Looking at those um, relegation playoff games It's almost like we planned it we would talk about it and then um, do another show about it um, but obviously, they're either side of the Pokal final. So we haven't worked out how we're going to do that yet. But there will be another show before all the football stops in Germany. So, yeah, like and subscribe, all that stuff. And follow us on Twitter and tell us what you think. So you can get us all individually on Twitter as well. I'm at Jamie Smith Sport. Kev is at Kavrov. Jim Knight Tweets is how you get Jim. And John is John underscore Mackenzie. So at some point in the future, early July when there's more Bundesliga football we'll do another show so yeah come back and listen to that then thank you for listening I'm Jamie Smith it's been Bundesliga for Beginners goodbye